Welcome to Three Questions With, a podcast by the Latino News Network. LNN is dedicated to best serving Hispanic Latinos with local multimedia news and information websites in New England and the Midwest, a statewide community-focused initiative. Three Questions With is a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community by speaking with community and industry thought leaders on topics like civic engagement, education, employment, healthcare, communication, and social responsibility, among others. I'm Hugo Balta, owner and publisher of LNN, and your host. They were on display on the runway, showcasing the KOTOR talent. They were leading panel discussions, highlighting the challenges and solutions to systemic inequality. They were networking with purpose, making alliances and selling products and services. Latinas, as diverse as the industries they represent, converged at the Latina Expo in Chicago earlier this month, and the person who brought them all together, Cesar Rolón, president of Imagen Marketing Consultants, is our special guest today. Cesar is also a champion of diversity and inclusion with an emphasis on the Hispanic Latino community. His leadership on the Illinois Unidos Coalition, a group of Hispanic Latino leaders who came together to give voice to the community most impacted by COVID-19, has been recognized for providing information, education, and solutions that literally save lives. Cesar Rolón, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Cesar, before we talk about the Latina Expo in Illinois Unidos, tell us about you. Tell us your story. Where were you born, your experience, passion for serving the community? Well, again, thank you for having me. Uh, born and raised here in Chicago to uh, Puerto Rican parents. And um, I guess my upbringing basically has been the passion in arts and culture. Uh, my father was a musician. My mom was a great dancer. My dad had us in uh, performing arts since the early age of three. So that has always given me that push uh, to actually just uh, listen and continue playing those rhythms uh, that actually come from our country. But uh, coming from uh, a family of five brothers and sisters, we're, we're pretty much we're all in the arts. And uh, my baby brother happens to be an, an internationally renowned artist, so it's, it stays within the family. But uh, with with respects to how I started, where I'm going, um, you know, it was always music for me. Uh, as in an early age, I was also a DJ and uh, started in, in DJing some of the strip clubs uh, here in Chicago at an early age in Cicero. To then uh, opening up my own sound and lighting company and, and then opening up a, a recording studio here in Chicago uh, about 15 years ago, uh, probably not longer. We, we actually won a Grammy for the Beyonce Knowles Crazy and Love House Remix. So, yeah, I'm a Chicago house head. And uh, at that point, then uh, just unbeknownst to me, just started following a little bit of, of politics and um, became uh, the first non-Mexican executive director of the Little Village Chamber of Commerce about 30 years ago. I was there for about seven years. And then uh, when the Puerto Rican Chamber of Commerce found out that there was a Boricua kind of running that that uh, that area of, of 26th Street, they said, hey, why don't you come and work for us? And then that's where I came on board and uh, I became the first executive director of the Puerto Rican Chamber of Commerce, where I uh, noticed it was really more of a men's social group and uh, no females. So I started the first Hispanic Business Women's Conference, uh, and that was always in the, on, on the back, my back burner. Uh, that was always an interest of mine because the fact that uh, I come from a strong family of females, uh, my mom, grandmother, great-grandmother, they're pretty much all 
really supported and, and, and drove our families. Um, and But I always had a passion for seniors. And then thereafter, I uh, became a grant writer for the state where I created the state's first all-inclusive adult care center for the elderly frail. And, uh, uh, you know, as, as I went through, uh, you know, my different challenges in life, I then went into, into radio uh, and working in radio. I, I uh, became a, a manager for a conglomerate here in Chicago uh, of a couple of Hispanic radio stations. And then right there, just uh, fell into television. So dabbled into a little bit of everything. But as I was doing that, I actually uh, felt the need to, to really um, um, create positive messaging and direct messaging into our community. So I actually opened up my own experiential boutique marketing agency. I was so sick and tired of, of seeing these commercials being dubbed uh, in Spanish or seeing that uh, the information just was not translatable uh, or even direct to our community. And uh, with that being the case, uh, I knew that my passion always was to serve my community. Uh, then thereafter, I just I joined a couple of buddies and then we started, we started creating our own Hispanic festivals here in Chicago. So uh, everything from Puerto Rican to the Colombian to the Cuban Fest, uh, we've, we've elevated, you know, what entertainment is here in Chicago uh, and took it from there. So that's, that's really how it all started for me. Thank you for that, um, that deep dive uh, answer. And there's a couple of things that absolutely resonate with me beginning with, uh, as you mentioned, you come from a family of strong women, myself included. We are a matriarchal family. And uh, my mother, certainly my, my grandmother, who, who passed away many years ago, continues to educate me, continues to advise me. Tell me about uh, such a story of, of inspiration, of education, of knowledge from either your mother, your sisters, or your grandmother, uh, any any anecdotes, any personal anecdotes that you can share. As the firstborn on both sides of my family, uh, I'm very super lucky because of the fact that you know from the age of one, I was in Puerto Rico, all the way through the age of 21 uh, every summer. Uh, I see uh, what the struggles were. I I followed my grandmothers into. Uh, being single, you know, single mothers, uh, working during the day, uh, maintaining the family, uh, having no running water, having no electricity, uh, a great deal of time, uh, spending my summers uh, in Puerto Rico and then waiting for that little $25 check that my father would actually send them uh, because I think that made a big difference. But then also knowing that uh, learning some of the stories, uh, even on my, my grandmother's site that you know, they had to walk up to 10 miles to actually feed the soldiers. So, you know, when I see what those struggles were, uh, the, little, the little bit of food, working on the plantations, uh, working in the sugar plantations in Puerto Rico, um, I give homage to them because they are the ones that actually paved the way for, for who we are and what we have. And, and that's always been my stronghold is I never forget the struggles that our ancestors actually provided to us and and still do when I when I look at what's happened, you know, in Puerto Rico uh, with Hurricane Maria, and I see that there are still communities five years later with no electricity. That is a struggle. How do these how do families make it um, with with no support whatsoever? Knowing that you know in an island like Puerto Rico, that if you have no electricity, no running water. Um, it, it's hard. It's it's deep. And then not only that, but I also look at the at the at the 
the mental struggle behind that as well. So that's always been my drive. You know, my mom never went past uh, eighth grade. And, uh, and my mother, you know, worked at Jewel here in Chicago for 40 years. Uh, my father was a factory worker. So um, again, uh, learning that my grandmother was a maid to many, but then her enjoyment basically was walking up to eight miles a day to watch a woman sew in a storefront in Puerto Rico because she wanted to learn how to sew. And to this date, um, I have the clothes, I have blankets, comforters that my grandmother actually made for me as a kid that I would not, I cannot get rid of because of the fact that here's a woman who actually walked up to 10 miles to watch someone in a storefront in El Pueblo uh, in Salinas, Puerto Rico, because of the fact that she wanted to learn how to sew. And she then, my grandmother became her house cleaning, her, 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 her care her maid, per se, just so she could learn how to sew. That's amazing. And, and, and it's so good to have those heirlooms. I think it's uh, very important as we look to forge ahead to have a firm understanding of where we are in the present and certainly where we've been in the past. And part of where we've been is not necessarily our own personal experiences, as you've mentioned, it's the experiences of, of our family. Let's talk about the Latina Expo Chicago. And once again, thank you so much for inviting me to announce the launch of Illinois Latino News, the most recent addition to the Latino News Network. I wanna learn more about the evolution of this event because uh, up until a couple of years ago, it wasn't focused as or, or marketed as the Latina Expo. Tell us a little bit about that evolution. It was really weird because uh, I was a consultant for the Black Women's Expo for about six years. And uh, every year I, I would see all of the support. I would see the excitement. I would see the interaction. I would see um, the struggles of what, you know, the, the female Black community would actually fight for. And as I saw this every single year, knowing that we have such a, a strong Latina population here, I said to myself, why aren't we doing this for our own community? And uh, I just took it upon myself to reach out to a couple of friends, you know, of course, female friends and say, hey, I had this idea. Uh, why don't we do this? And that's really where it came from. But uh, there were also a lot of struggles in putting this together. Uh, because as I worked with some of the um, media companies here in Chicago, um, what they wanted to provide me was um, talent, which of course talent is great, but their focus basically was on really providing me soap opera stars. And I said, no, that's not what I'm looking for. This is an event to actually empower women. How do we provide them with resources? How do we bring other women to talk to each other on different levels so that they, there is a, a firm understanding of support of, of, of empowerment, of, of, of just, uh, you know, a celebration of, of who, of who they are and, and, and where they want to go. And, and it was tough and it still is tough because the fact that, um, I just don't see the community supporting itself as I, as I would hope they would. It's been a, it's been a challenge. Yes, it has. But then this is how I actually started Latino Fashion Week. You know, I, Latino Fashion Week kind of stemmed into the Latina Expo. In Latino Fashion Week, I started 
17 years ago. And that basically started simply because of the fact that somebody pissed me off. Uh, I was a I was a board member of the Illinois, of the Chicago Greater North Michigan Avenue Association, and there was a platform called the Dress Forms of Michigan Avenue. So uh, I was approached on purchasing a dress form because they were designed by the fashion students from the schools here in Chicago at that time. There were four fashion schools here located downtown, and I said, "Sure, I'd be more than happy to purchase a dress form. Just make sure that my student designer is a Latino, Latina. That's all I asked for." And uh, they came back and told me they couldn't find me one. And I said that was unacceptable because I know that we're there. So with that being said, I, I actually went up and down the mag mile to some of the larger stores, uh, checking to see if there was any support for Latino designers. Zero, nothing. Until I went to a store in Wicker Park called Scoop NYC, knowing that their Dallas and the New York store supported Latino designers. And I simply asked a question, hey, does your store support uh, local Latino designers? And the young lady behind the counter says, I really don't know. She says, let me ask my manager. And instead of going to the back and asking the manager, she kind of like yelled out the question, hey, Gretchen, do we support Latino designers? And not knowing that I was in a store, the store manager yelled back, hell no. And that's when the light bulb went off. So I called uh, some of my friends, uh, some of my colleagues in radio and television say, hey, I have this idea. I would like to have the first um, Latino Fashion Week. Um, they all gave me support. And uh, after I had my press conference, I received a call from the Associated Press saying, if you do this, you'll be the only the only event of its kind in the U.S. And boom, that that was the that was the the <laughs> the uh, yeah, the, that was a brainchild of, of uh, Latino Fashion Week. And 15 years later, uh, you know, we we've placed designers in, in many in many of the, the large big box retailers and. Uh, we've been we've been able to actually introduce three America's Next Top Models, so it was a, it was a great success for us. But you know that's where Latina Expo you know comes into fruition as well. Uh, this year was uh, was was I think was successful for us. I'm excited to what's what's going to come in the next few years because of the fact that after this year, we did we did obtain a great deal of 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 great support and speakers from all from all platforms. There was a lot of socialization that took place, and I think that now that uh, now that our population really, and now that we have the second largest population in Chicago, I think that a lot more is going to come out of this, and and that um, it'll. I'm hoping that that our community, especially the Latina community, will accept it, and you know, and I do these because of the fact that you know, in Chicago, uh, you know, we're separated into just being either Mexican or Puerto Rican. And that's not, it, you know, we're, we, I, I want to celebrate who we are and where we come from. And that's always been the beauty of, of Latino Fashion Week is that I could bring designers from Uruguay and Paraguay, from Bolivia, Peru, and, and the community wants to see their own. And I think it's time that, that moving forward that, that we celebrate that. Uh, it, it's, it's, for me, it's always been critically important that, that, of course, that we celebrate our cultures, but then also the diasporas. And uh, and luckily for me, you know, last year we did a great job in actually featuring our our Afro Latinas um, uh, because they do exist and they want to be heard. And 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 now they're not afraid of speaking up. They they want to be known. They they they're afraid of they're 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 proud of who they are, where they come from. And I think there's a lot of stories that we have to share, and we have, there's a lot of successes uh, that can be shared. And I think that we achieved that this year at the Latina Expo. I, I absolutely agree. One of the things that 
I left with was that diversity within our Hispanic Latino community. As you said, they're often in the mainstream media, it's a very much one dimensional narrative of who and what Latinos are. And again, no disrespect to the Mexican community, it's, it's usually um, the, the, the face, uh, el rostro de la comunidad latina is one of, of uh, Mexican descent. When we know, of course, as, as you said, um, Hispanic Latino is not a race. There are Afro-Latinos, Asian Latinos, white Latinos, et cetera. And even within that group, indigenous people. Um, and then we also have uh, more than 20 countries that um, yes. where Spanish, Spanish is spoken. And I was so happy to see on the runway designers from Peru, Colombia. Um, and then in the trade show, uh, meet a lot of small businesses, a lot of strong Latinas uh, demonstrating their services, uh, their products. So uh, I think the, the overarching uh, theme that I saw across all of those different genres was diversity in, in the Hispanic Latino community and not again, the monolith that often uh, non-Hispanic Latinos see in mainstream media. You're listening to Three Questions with Cesar Rolón, president of Imagen Marketing Consultants. Three Questions With is a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community. We're speaking with Cesar Rolón, president of Imagen Marketing Consultants. Cesar, tell us about Illinois Unidos, how the organization came together and its mission. Wow. <laughs> I'm talking about a three-letter word. Uh, I would have never in my entire life uh, have, have, would ever think that Illinois has turned into what it has, uh, not only on a local, but on a national scale. Uh, and, and very simple. It, it, it was really, you know, uh, one of my good friends, Xavier Nogueras, that actually approached me, uh, knowing that I am a board chair of a national organization called Dia de la Mujer Latina, and uh, says, hey, are you familiar with this, you know, with this thing called COVID? And I said, as a matter of fact, I am. I said, uh, we just had a a Zoom meeting on this on uh, on, a, on a on a national scale with our community healthcare workers, and we knew that this was something that was going to be critically affecting uh, our our community as a whole. And with that being said, he says, "Hey, you know what? Why don't we just start some dialogue and let's invite a couple of people? Some let's invite a couple of uh, influencers and and people that are really uh, that are professionals within the medical field." And that's exactly what we did. So. Um, just took it upon ourselves to actually invite people that we know that we each knew to come together and just start having this dialogue about COVID. And within the first month, uh, we had about 25 individuals that, that joined our conversation and, and, and the synergy was just so impactful that by the very following month, we had 75 and fast forward 19 months later, we were at over 250 individuals, but, uh, you know, for the first time in the history of our community in Illinois, um, I'm just so proud of the fact that we collectively all speak as one voice. And when you look at the anniversary, um, the one year anniversary of COVID, where 
we actually took it upon ourselves to actually have something here at Daily Plaza and turn the fountain blue, which is actually one of our primary colors, and invite some of our members from Leonidos to actually participate. It was the first time in a year that we actually met each other in person. And to be able to give, you know, someone a thank you and a hug, but fast, you know, fast forward, um, we've been able to change policy. We've been able to change uh, funding. We've been able, I mean, when you think of an organization that has every single member of the Illinois State Legislative Caucus, that now we are the ear of the mayor uh, and we are part of the voice of the governor. And um, it, it's just what we've been able to achieve uh, as a whole it's it's completely remarkable. I, I really have no words. I mean, uh, to know that we have been celebrated uh, in in so many ways, uh, from you know being recognized at the White House to receiving the Mayor's Heroes Mayor's Heroes Award, uh, last week receiving the Health and Policy Award here for the City of Chicago, and now we just found out yesterday that we're 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 being celebrated nationally at a at a at a at a health gala in New York City, it, it completely is overwhelming. But to think that we're not even a nonprofit, we're just collaborative, that we've been able to raise close to two million dollars in funding. So uh, yes, we've been able to change a great deal. But at the same time, for the first time, I think in the history of our community, we're not going to have our first uh, Latino health call center that'll be operated by twenty-two community healthcare organizations all working as one. That's wonderful. Congratulations again to you and Illinois Unidos for all of the work that you've done um, and the coalition that you've built in such a short amount of time. I think often I'm asked um, about the challenges of the Hispanic Latino community, understanding that we come again, either directly or trace our roots to more than 20 Spanish speaking countries. And I tell them, our community will not realize its proper place as a economic, cultural, and political power in the United States until we start to work together, until we certainly continue to celebrate the things that make us unique, but more importantly, celebrate the things that we have in common. And Illinois Unidos, I think, is indicative of that. It is really coming together and leveraging the individual's parts, experience, and strengths in creating something new and powerful that um, I, I think is much needed, not only in a city uh, as diverse as Chicago, um, but really across the country. So I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful um, to be a small part of, of Illinois Unidos. I've certainly benefited in my, in, uh, as a journalist and working with WCTW and now with IllinoisLatinosNews.com and uh, we'll continue to, to leverage the strength of the group as we look to uh, best serve Hispanic Latinos. And that's, and, and that's my, uh, the last question that I have for you. I know you and I have talked about um, the importance of representation, of inclusion, of telling the stories of our community and, and also um, telling the, the positive stories of, of our community as leaders in, in so many different facets. What is needed from media in regards to the work that you're doing with Illinois Unidos, the work that you're doing with the Latina Expo and other projects? 
you know, as a whole, as I mentioned, it really is telling the true story and actually um, celebrating uh, a lot of what, what we bring to the table. Um, first and foremost, uh, you know, right now, <clears throat> I am the public relations director for the clerk of the circuit court, Iris Martinez. And it, you know, we made history by, you know, by, by with the clerk becoming the first Latina clerk of the circuit court, uh, we've been able to truly implement change here uh, at the system. Uh, now, most recently, uh, one of our administrators is now running for uh, Cook County Sheriff. And, uh, uh, you know, knowing what these individuals, you know, bring to the table, celebrating the education, the wealth of knowledge, what, 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 what you know, just really celebrating the struggles that we've, we've had for so many years. It is our time now. Uh, you know, I argue with different different media outlets, you know, such as radio, uh, and, I, and I bring this up because the fact that it is it is a, a it is a, a peeve of mine, is that you know when you have a conglomerate like iHeartRadio that does not properly represent uh, our community, when you're when sixty six percent of your listenership, whether you're on a Kiss FM or on a B ninety six, and you're playing our music and and and. Uh, and your audience is comprised of, you know, primarily Latinos, but then your talent is not. Or when you have a hip hop station that claims that they happen to be the number one black station in Chicago, but you have you have you have no diversity uh, in your talent at all. I have an issue with that. And and, you know, we need to bring that to the forefront. I don't have a problem, um, <laughs> you know, letting um, individuals know how I feel. Uh, it, it is what it is. But um you know, I find myself bringing and elevating more and more, you know, which is, you know, at the Latina Expo, you know, we had a platform like Kiwi Limon that actually debuted in Chicago, uh, which happens to be a cooking recipe platform. And for that, you know, now in 2022, we're bringing the first Latino Gourmet Food Wine and Spirits Fest. Why not? Why can't we celebrate our own? A lot of those individuals that actually started as barbacks are now the top chefs here in Chicago. We need to celebrate that. Uh, and then uh, having a conversation with the mayor, uh, an event that we're going to be bringing to Chicago, uh, 2022, 2023, will be the first international air race. And the only way I would actually be a part of this is that if they allowed me to actually feature the first Latina race team in the history of aeronautical racing here in Chicago. Those are the changes I want to see. And we have that. It exists. They've just never been celebrated. Well, that's great. You're, you're certainly an, an important voice for our community. Um, and we are, I'm certainly grateful to, to have you in those spaces um, championing for the fair and accurate treatment of our community. Uh, both in, in the workplace and also uh, in media. I can't let you go. I know we were talking about this offline before the program be, uh, uh, started, um, so I don't want to put you in a position. I don't know if, if you can share some of your upcoming projects, two very exciting projects uh, later this year. Anything you could tell us about those two? Uh, well, yeah. As I mentioned, I am working on the Miss World pageant. Uh, which I'm incredibly excited about because of the fact that it is the first time that the, the Miss World pageant will be celebrated in a Latin American country, which is Puerto Rico. Uh, the pageant will actually be held uh, December 16th and 17th. Uh, the contestants, which 135 are already confirmed, will uh, start arriving uh, on the island 
uh, November 12th. And uh, it, it is a month long uh, series of events of competitions leading up to the Miss World pageant. So it is, it, it is exciting, you know, for, for Puerto Rico. And then of course, uh, most recently, uh, a, a new entertainment complex was just built in Puerto Rico called District Live, featuring the Coca-Cola Music Hall. And um, oddly enough, I can say that uh, the New Year's Eve countdown this year um, in the U.S., also known as Dick Clark's uh, New Year's Eve uh, event, uh, will be simulcast uh, this year between New Year. I'm sorry, between New York City and Puerto Rico. So you will see a, a great deal of excitement and, and entertainment uh, live from Puerto Rico. Of course, it's a it's a two hour you know where it's a two hour difference because of the time change. But it's exciting for Puerto Rico. It's exciting for uh, our country. It's exciting for Latin American music because of the fact that you know our music outsells any other genre. Uh, in that that's out there and um and, and we and we deserve to celebrate that we deserve to celebrate our talent so uh yeah that that's super exciting and i'm and i'm excited uh for what's to come i'm excited for what the future uh really holds for for our community as a whole for all latinos cesar rolon president of imagen marketing consultants congratulations on all your success and continued success thank you very much for joining us today You've been listening to Three Questions With, a podcast for the Latino News Network, produced in collaboration with Infinite Multimedia, the parent of El Tri Online, an English language news outlet covering Mexican soccer. LNN is dedicated to best serving Hispanic Latinos with news and information websites in New England and the Midwest, a statewide community-focused initiative. And remember, you can listen to a new episode of Three Questions With twice a month. The next podcast drops on November 5th. I'm Hugo Balta, owner and publisher of LNN. Thank you all for listening. Stay informed. Stay safe.